Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact Show. Today I'm very excited because I'm bringing you a fellow Creative Impact member. And also I would say an all-time Creative Impact member, the incredible Katri Barrett. She's a certified life coach, startup business mentor, and founder of the Curiosity Club. And again, I would like to add Creative Impact member. We always love to chat with our members because I believe that we have some incredible people in the community with so many skills and so many different walks of life. And this is also a great opportunity to celebrate the open week of the Creative Impact Collective. So as you know, usually there will be an application to go through in order to join the collective because we open publicly for everyone at very specific times of the year. And guess what? This week, the week of uh, listening, uh, the podcast is out, is the week that the membership is open. So everybody can join us straight away and enjoy the collective from day one. So if you want to find out more about us, about Catherine, about how our members can actually grow bigger brands and stronger brands together and beat that loneliness and then frustration and overwhelm that sometimes we have when we are really leading online businesses, go to creativepaper.group slash collective and join us. Come and join me and hundreds of members that are passionate about making an impact in the world and on other people. Today we're meeting our member Katri. Once again, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics because I feel very seen, which is perfectionism, and also procrastination and how can we actually become accomplished and fulfilled versions of ourselves, the ones that we've been waiting for. And trust me, Katri is going to spill all the beans with a proactive 360 approach that's going to tell us how to overcome anxiety, also how to understand the type of procrastination and even perfectionism that we might lean into in our daily life. It's going to be so exciting and also members will be able to access at the same time a very special member-only section talking about some powerful practices that you can follow day to day. Once again, if you want to find out more about the collective and how to become a member, go to creativeinput.group slash collective right after you listen to this incredible chat with Katri Barrett. I hope you're going to learn so much and I hope you're going to be able to actually embrace a slightly less 
perfectionist and a lot more fulfilled life. Well, hello team and hello Katri. I'm always, always so happy to have members and people that I know on the podcast. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. And I'm very excited to to be here and to chat to you today and dive into all things perfectionism and procrastination within the membership and two members being a part of the creative um, impact community. I think it's going to be an interesting one. And you know what I was thinking, we were having a chat right before um, going live and just realizing actually, as, as you said as well, I'm not going to take your words in, but um, collectively all the energy shifts that we've had. And I think the patterns of whether it's procrastination or perfectionism, or we're going to talk about it, like a combination of both, I think are becoming more apparent in the last 18 months for a lot of people. We started to realize some of the things that we do or some of the coping mechanisms that we have. That's why I found it really interesting to have this conversation today, because I think for a lot of us, we haven't realized that we might have developed some of these throughout our time in the lockdowns. And I don't know if it's just me that it feels this way, but I know we're talking about funny energies going around, didn't we? Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think it's as we were saying just before recording, I think there the effects of the pandemic, no matter what your experience is, whether you quite enjoyed locked at the lockdowns, whether it's been the most challenging you know, 18 months of your life, whatever your experience, the the ex- the collective experience of the pandemic has affected us, I think, more than we all realize at, at this stage. And I think it's going to take a long time, A, to recognize those things and also to kind of heal and move past it and get back. We'll never get back to exactly who we were before because it has changed. It has changed us all. And it's looking at and examining those things with self-compassion, I think, is really important. And maybe recognizing like we will today and hopefully everyone listening will be able to perhaps recognize any traits that are within their control, such as perfectionism, procrastination, but also then being able to differentiate between things that actually aren't things to do with them personally and that aren't um, things to beat themselves up for because it's just that we've all gone through this collective trauma together. Now, I want to go for icebreaker questions, but I feel like we should literally skip them, but I'm not because they're fun. So I'm kind of tempted, but I'm not because I love what you said there is a great segue in what we're going to chat anyway. So we're definitely going to bring this back. But before we go back to this and obviously diving into everything procrastination and perfectionism, I have three questions to break the ice. And the first one is one of my faves and it's just to get to know you a bit better. So Katri, if you could choose what would be a trivia category that you'd be really good at and why? A trigger category. A trivial pursuit, imagine like. A tri- oh, a tr- oh, what would I be really good at and why? You can even oh. include your own, by the way, if you feel like you've got something very specific that you're really good at, we allow that. That I'd be really good at. I suppose under like, understanding why other people's behave, behavior, like why someone's done something, I think that would make probably be where I have a lot of knowledge and just kind of can see in people. That would be a category. If that was, I'd do well. History? No. <laughs> that is the wildest category that I've heard in a long time. I'm not really sure we could do it in actual game, but I think, you know, it could be a challenge, but an interesting one. I love that. And noted on history as well. Second question is, again, going, I guess, going back down to memory lane. And can you think about the first job that you've ever had? What what was it? And what did you learn from it? So our first job I ever had was 
dishwashing in the local pub in the village that I grew up with a little bit of waitressing in. And I think my first, like the, the thing I learned from that was kind of the first experience of like really stepping out of your comfort zone and having to talk and interact with strangers and having to do something I didn't know or wasn't very good at. And yeah, it definitely put me out of my comfort zone at 14 or 13, 14, however old I was. I find it, I love when a lot of us can, can relate with first jobs related into life service or you know, the service industry as well. I think it teaches you a lot also about engaging with people, interacting with people, especially people that usually you wouldn't, especially when you do these kinds of jobs. And I think it's really interesting that you said getting out of your comfort zone because it can come in such a variety of ways. And also I love that you were doing both the kind of like behind the scenes, kind of washing the dishes, but also you were doing a bit of waitering as well in it. Is that one that you felt was pushing you more? out of your comfort zone one that you maybe weren't as comfortable or it was doesn't really matter as much I think that was it I think because that was exactly it that I was I signed up to do like washing up and kitchen stuff but then because they it was a really tiny pub I was made to well asked to go and do the waitressing with that and so that was like oh well I don't know I don't know how to memorize you know the wine list or memorize those things so not being very good at it at first or not knowing stuff which now looking back I realized because I was a perfectionist but I didn't know it then (laughs) I found those things very stressful. Now we're gonna come back up a bit more to closer to today so this is one of my favorite questions and it goes back to the name of the podcast as well, the Make an Impact Show. So Ops, what does making an impact mean to you and why? Mm, that's such a good question. Making an impact, impact to me means leaving a po- having a positive effect on the legacy that I leave behind, whether that is legacy or like what's left behind in a community that I'm part of but also I hope to in my sort of family legacy so whether I have children I don't have children now but if I do if I have like nieces and nephews or or, or anyone the future generations of my family but also of the communities I am part of and more widely the world like trying to leave have a positive effect on that what I love about that because we ask this question a lot is that there's always an element I find of feeling like you want to almost leave the legacy and project it onto where you're going to lead it. And sometimes it can add more pressure to be like, it's going to be my children, it's going to be the community, it's going to be the people that I touch. And it's great. But I think when you actually can see that if you let go actually of how or who you're going to touch mainly and allow that to unfold, I don't know if we're going to talk about perfectionism first so I feel that as a perfectionist myself I'm going to put myself right into that one without even having to think about it you know there there was an element of me trying to control how I make an impact in a very specific way and I love that there's that little element of awareness in there of being like as long as that can be a legacy that I can bring within the space that I'm in and the community and the people that I'm around that is okay and you're almost talking about awareness goes back to you saying that maybe even at the time when you were washing the dishes and being asked waiter, you were a perfectionist, but you didn't know it. And so my question is, how do you know it? Is, are there some things that you can highlight? Are there some elements? Are there some habits? Do you know? Is there a gut instinct? Tell us more. Definitely. There's, there's loads and loads of different kind of traits and with it within the different types of perfectionism. And we'll talk a, bit, a little bit about the different types, I'm sure, um, 
in our conversation. But I think firstly, just seeing perfectionism as an overarching personality trait. And within that, it's a tendency to hold yourself to and strive towards high standards. Now, that isn't always a bad thing. And I think this is, it's thinking of two sides, one being what's called kind of maladaptive perfectionism. So let's think of that as unhealthy perfectionism and then adaptive which is healthy helpful perfectionism traits so thinking of those those two and it's to help anyone listening kind of identify with this now the healthy perfectionism what that looks like is you're someone who sets yourself high goals set yourself high standards high expectations However, when things do go wrong or they don't go according to plan or maybe they don't turn out as you expected them, you don't give up. You don't beat yourself up for ages and and, and feel really, really bad about it for a really long time. And you still continue to kind of do the thing, to engage with the thing. You kind of grow from it and you move on. So it's very much a growth mindset within that high standards. Now, where perfectionism can become problematic is if you're someone who sets yourself those really high and potentially unrealistic expectations and goals. So maybe you don't achieve them or you push yourself to burnout in the process. Nothing you do is ever good enough, and you're, but you're always tr- striving to do more, do better. But when you achieve the goals, they don't actually feel like they're good enough. And, and a big kind of difference here between the healthy, the adaptive and the maladaptive perfectionism is that when things go wrong or when you do fail, you either avoid it in the per- the first place, which is hello perfectionism. We'll talk about that more specifically <laughs> in a moment. Or you just give up. You think, well, what's the point? I, I this is this is why I can't do it. I'm not good enough. It's never going to happen for me. And there's there's loads of studies that link this maladaptive, this unhealthy perfectionism to higher rates of lots of mental health challenges like eating disorders, like depression, like anxiety, because essentially you're holding yourself to these completely unrealistic and unachievable standards and expectations and therefore always feel like you're falling falling short and that can have a huge impact on your mental well-being. That's right, I'm going to go left field already. Like it just, just happens, it casually happens. Because I have a question that comes out of what you just said it might go back to kind of like, you know, we did, we, you said we're going to discuss some of the traits and some of the different types of perfectionism, but I'm going to go a step beyond and kind of go a bit deeper into what you just said. What you, some of the things you talked about, especially setting goal and then maybe not achieving exactly the target or the goal that you wanted and then beating yourself up and then, you know, you know, wanting to look at it. Would you say that from your experience and your clients and the people that you support and your audience, a lot of entrepreneurs actually have, or do you think, I'm going to go even deeper now, do you think they have, or maybe they do develop because of comparison, because of the, the space that we are in, some traits of perfectionism, I throw it there, bomb, thrown, bam, tell me what you think, I might be yeah. completely talking out of my bum, but. <laughs> no, I think it's really interesting, and I, do, I, I it's not, you know, and we can talk anecdotally around it because I suppose it's not like the, the research or the evidence that I've come across. However, what is really interesting that you pointed out here is entrepreneurs or people who have the tendency to be driven to do their own thing, to be quite, yeah, to be quite driven, focused, goal orientated, which obviously as a business owner, you are and have to be. Of course, what comes hand in hand in that is 
potentially that that or sorry the, the crossover there is that that traits that mean you're going to want to set yourself targets and goals and be really driven to to, to achieve those so potentially yes by proxy the type of people who would want to start their own business are going to be perfectionists more often uh, that would be interesting to actually get <laughs> to like get some stats around that i'd be maybe i should look into maybe collecting some uh, anecdotal like evidence around that and see do a couple of polls on instagram obviously not full scientific research however it's sometimes interesting to see like are you a business owner and looking at the crossover there that would be interesting wouldn't it it just came out from what you were saying to me and obviously what you said right now and it's almost like the chicken and the egg you know does the chicken come first or the egg come first and so I think it's interesting to see as you said whether there is a correlation even if it's just anecdotally obviously and also whether one affects the other almost I again I'm always being quite driven so for me I know that that's how, how I am I'm a perfectionist by nature but I don't know it's just something that I think about so going back into traits but also different types of perfectionists can you give us a bit of an overview of some of the things or the types of perfectionists that really really stand out for you yeah absolutely so I think there's something I'm going to reference here called the uh, multi-dimensional uh, dimensional perfectionism scale, which has three different types of perfectionists. And I'll like, talk through the different different types and, we, and then anyone can listen, can maybe you might identify with one or all or a couple of those. And the first is self-oriented perfectionist. Now, this is a this is when you have really high standards that you set kind of for yourself. You have a tendency to achieve them. Often you do set out what you, you do achieve, sorry, what you set out to do. And this is why often it is associated with those more adaptive, those healthy perfectionisms. Because that can be someone who, you know, wants to start a business, starts a business, achieves their goals, has a successful business. It might be someone who wants to climb the career ladder. So does and, and does it. It might be someone who does sports and or run a marathon. They meet their goals and they achieve it. Now, the maladaptive, the unhealthy side of that is in the doing of the striving, you're burning out, you're pushing yourself too far, you're depleting your confidence, your self-esteem and your energy and mental health and everything. So that's the kind of downside of that. That's self-oriented perfectionism. You're putting those standards on yourself. Other oriented perfectionism is when you're holding other people to those incredibly high standards and expectations. Now, this can be quite problematic often for relationships. It might be, you might recognize this if you, someone who, who when you're dating someone and on paper, they're everything you wanted, but then you're, all you do is kind of look for their flaws or see their flaws, or you're easily irritated by other people, colleagues, family members because you're very critical of them and judgmental of others. So that's other-oriented perfectionism. Then we have what's called socially prescribed perfectionism. And this is when you've, you often have a tendency to be really self-critical. This is often where uh, procrastination shows up. And this is where you feel immense pressure and the belief that society, so other people, have high expectations of you. So this, if you're someone who feels incredibly pressured by what your family thinks you should do. If you feel incredibly pressured by what you think, maybe if you're if you're a woman in society, like what's expected of you as a woman or what's expected of you at work and what you do or whatever, whoever you are and whatever you do, if you feel like other people are judging you a lot and have these expectations of you, there's a chance there that that is coming from a place of socially prescribed perfectionism. And, and this is often 
the type that leads to low self-esteem, lots of anxiety, lots of low confidence, because you're constantly feeling judged and that fear of judgment. Now, what is interesting that I want to touch upon here, and you have already displayed this by saying like self-proclaimed perfectionist, like I'm, I'm a perfectionist. You already put your hand up. <laughs> And said, I am a perfectionist. Now, what that shows there, Fab, is that you're an over perfectionist. Like you, you, you know it, you can claim it, you own it. Maybe you're wearing it with a badge of honor sometimes, as some people do. And, and if it's if you're in that healthy perfectionism, absolutely. It means you're 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 gonna achieve your goals, you're very focused, you're very detail-orientated. Now, you could also be an overt perfectionist, like you know you're a perfectionist and you know it's quite damaging to your mental and emotional well-being, but you maybe don't know what to do with it yet. We'll obviously be getting to that. But what is interesting in this, especially when we're talking about procrastination, is what's called covert perfectionist. Now, I like to refer to this as a closet perfectionist. And this is someone who right now maybe doesn't realize that they are perfectionists. And this was me. This was me literally only until a few years ago. And this is very a very insidious type of perfectionism because you know procrastinators tend to beat themselves up a lot. I'm lazy. It's just because I'm not good enough. Other people are more successful than me. When actually it it isn't to do with you not doing enough. It's that your expectations of what you're what you should be doing or what you believe other people are thinking of you uh, are completely way off the mark and really unrealistic. So it's a type of perfectionism and this is yeah I find this really interesting because it's people you tend not to realize you're a perfectionist because the behaviors that you're portraying such as procrastinating are not what you believe or perceive a perfectionist to be like and I used to be like this it's like well you know a perfectionist is a high achiever who does really well and I avoided doing any revision at school for example any revision I put everything off to the last minute everything was chaos in my life my room was messy I was always late late things like that sort of thing so I was like well you know that was being a perfectionist was not something I identified with um so yeah those are kind of different types and different ways as you can see it kind of shows up in various ways with different different people and in in different ways i have one follow-up question on that because i find it super fascinating and would you almost say that there is a com- i'm thinking about myself and you know i think i swing between the two like there's an element of me appreciating some of the benefits of having like digital oriented kind of traits but also understanding that's one of the reasons why sometimes my mental health would, would struggle so it's kind of finding that balance and I'm just asking because some people might also feel like am I actually I'm gonna say I know it's not the case and that's what I wanted to, to explain a good perfectionist I'm actually a bad perfectionist so for people that might feel that way how can they find I guess a bit of peace or understanding of where they are sitting if that makes sense because you mm-hmm. say people can perceive it positively and negatively is that a way for people to gain a bit of perspective just to start off you've touched upon something there that I think is is really helpful and kind of identifies one of the main challenges for perfectionists and that is all or nothing thinking because you, you've said that good or bad you do everything or you do nothing so that's either that high achieving perfectionist or you do nothing and you procrastinate or not very much now, this way, that all or nothing, like black and white way of thinking is really important to recognize, firstly, to, to do this, because that, what about all that gray area? There's so much value in doing a little bit or some or most of it. But perfectionism doesn't allow for that. It's extreme. It's going to the extremes. And that's the extremes in your behaviors. So 
either you know working 70 hours a week or procrastinating and not getting started at all or it's, it's extreme right or thinking to yourself I've got to be the best and if I'm not the best I'm the worst and I'm rubbish and so I'm look, trying to nurture behaviors actions thoughts beliefs that are within that middle ground a little bit more like more flexible trying to be more flexible with yourself is so so important for anyone who's beginning to recognize that those traits within themselves now going back to um you talked already about like the intersection between perfectionism and procrastination would you say there's anything else especially connected to some of our beliefs and biases that we have that might actually help some people understanding at least that connection and once again kind of getting to the next steps of not what to do about it but kind of like how they can feel more confident about okay I recognize this now what do I do next mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no definitely and I think with especially with procrastination I think it's something that's it's a big stick that we use especially if you're a freelance or business owner to beat ourselves up with right and I think it's so important to understand more within yourself if it's something you can recognize that happens occasionally or chronically, like if you're a chronic procrastinator. And thinking of it, it often comes from sort of three, three places, three reasons, procrastination. And it's either that you believe that you're not capable of achieving the thing that you're trying to do or doing a good job or that the the thing you want that your, your goal is possible so it's that belief lack of belief that it is possible for you or it's your fear of failure so your fear of making a mistake of things going wrong of people's judgment and the shame and the embarrassment that comes with that will put you off kind of getting started or, or putting all your effort in so that's that's the second reason and the third one, which is interesting, is it's sometimes some people is actually the fear of success. So the fear of what it will mean if it goes well. If I do this launch and I get a thousand signups to it, I, I wouldn't be able to cope with that. What will it mean to my relationships? Will I ha- not have any time? How will I manage it? So that's quite interesting. Those three different things, the fear of not the belief that you're not capable, the fear of things going wrong or the fear of actually things going well. Um, and I think the link here like I've mentioned between perfectionism and procrastination is there's too much focus on the result that outcome and the outcome being like the best it has to be the best that it can be now what that often does because that that end result is either way far beyond where you are now it's either completely unrealistic or it is but it just feels really scary and daunting the result of that thing that's you know in the future that future outcome the result in the present moment tends to be you put off getting started you doubt yourself whether it's possible and it is that that focus on the outcome so the kind of um antidote to that and a lot of the antidote to kind of perfectionism it's simply put obviously this is a lot of process and I work for months with people working through this but is to try and focus on the process instead so the step the stepping stones what will you learn the belief that you know instead of putting off getting started with something because you're like I need to do more research or I need to know more stuff before I can do this new launch or or be the expert in my field it's you know, trying to nurture the belief that I don't know now, but I will. It's trying to nurture sort of thoughts and beliefs around, I don't know everything right now, and I'm not the best, but I'm going to do what I can in this moment. It's that flexibility again, rather than 
anything other than the best and perfect is a complete failure. I'm going to ask you now, what about your journey? Within your journey, I believe there are a lot of things that we teach and we explore is because we have a very strong relationship with them and obviously we resonate. Is there one lesson, maybe actually, you know what, I'm going to go a bit closer to now. Is there a lesson that you have learned in the past year when it comes to yourself and maybe still the way that you are navigating everything? I could ask you obviously from when you started, but I'm thinking we're always constantly learning. And I believe this past as I said, 18 months have brought up a lot of things for everyone. So from, from somebody who also has been dealing, obviously, with all of these topics on their own skin, is there one big lesson there or one smaller big lesson that you've learned in the past year that really speaks out to you? Mm-hmm. I'm sort of like beginning to giggle as you're asking that because yes, and actually only recently um, have had this realisation myself. And this is, you know, I'm, I've been a coach for years. I've worked in mindset and well-being for years now. Even though you have a deep... Um, self-understanding it doesn't mean that these thought patterns beliefs and traits don't sneak up on you and 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 make in in a way that's very convincing and this has happened to me very much in the last so I suppose that the last year but I realized a few months ago that this was going on and that is in I'm about to launch so the curiosity club is my my second business other than the side of my coaching practice started as a podcast and i'm about to launch a membership which is really exciting now i've been working towards that for the last year and i realized a few months ago suddenly i was like pushing back the launch date because i didn't feel ready i told myself i didn't have the idea i wasn't like i didn't know exactly what the membership was going to look like and what it was going to be included i didn't have a big enough sort of audience to get started on on the social media to promote it there and the digital marketing and i had to i had a moment of suddenly realizing i'm doing it again i'm doing like this is perfectionism and realizing that I didn't feel ready, but it didn't mean I wasn't ready. And that actually being ready is like this abstract concept that you never is never like a, a, a destination that you arrive at. It's uh, almost like a verb that you like becoming ready is like a doing it's a doing. And, and I and I'd re- had this realization that I had a tendency as a you know, I was very much covert uh, procrastinator perfectionist for my whole life until a few years ago but I yeah I realized it had to come up again launching the curiosity club because I was yeah all those things like specifically because I think lots of people listening will relate to this if you I was noticing myself saying oh I just I I, I need to do more research on that I'm not ready with that idea yet I don't know exactly what it's going to look like I won't know what the membership exactly will look like who it's exactly for what exactly the messaging is ever but all I will know is get as close to that as I can by doing it. Once I launch, once I have members, once I do all the stuff, I'll, I will know more and more. So, yeah, that for me has, is the most recent example of that. I love that because I'm the same. That's probably one of my kind of little corporate practices. Like I need to do more research on that. I know I need to. I need to. And there's, there's a concept that I learned from something that I did for another project that I'm working on. It's called the... Uh, I want to say, but I'm, I'm, I don't think I should swear because usually we don't swear, but I'm not going to swear. The shitty first draft. There we go. I'm going to put it as a claim on this one. And what it is, is basically, is the idea that sometimes you just need to get something done and out. And and again, when you when you appreciate it, it's always going to be a shitty first draft. It's much better than having, you know, a shitty draft that is sitting somewhere that nobody's ever going to see. 
So mm-hmm. I understand because that's a big, the big one that I think so many people relate to. Oh. And I'm like, well, what's the worst that can happen? If anything, you're going to learn from the things that don't resonate as much or they're not encouraging people or engaging as much. So I think it's always a learning process. Exactly. Uh, quick question about memberships. Going back into the membership side of thing. Ju- just because obviously you've been like with us, you've been working with us in a variety of ways and you've been supporting us for such a long time. So I'm going to ask you now, when it comes to our membership, and the creative impact in general, what is the one thing that you love the most about creative impact? For me, it's the, the community side of it, because I, I've always been, I've been self-employed for seven years now, but it, just slightly different iterations of my business, been a yoga teacher at first and meditation teacher, and then evolved and became a certified life coach and everything sort of involved. But for, all of that is kind of me working for myself. So and it's that community of other people working online which I didn't at the time and certainly over the last couple of couple of years a bit more but through like memberships like and like the creative impact community I didn't know anyone else who like had done an online business so friends and family didn't get what I was trying to do so for me it's that community and that having you know I learned so much from hearing what other people up to even if they're completely different business to me so that's what I love and and like seeing other people's like goals and hearing everyone talking what they're up to I find that really helpful not only in my own process but also just feeling you know it can be lonely being working for yourself sometimes so for me that is like the the best thing now we're back with our last question that our hardest I lost an h there the hardest question of them all, the one that we ask everyone and have done since the first episode. So that is a few bits, but this one is a goodie, an oldie. Catherine, first of all, thank you for being with us. We'll let you share a bit more. People can find out in a second. Before that, if you could have brunch, brunch with anyone, dead or alive, who would this person be and why? Oh, such a good question. Here's go. This is when my perfectionism brain will come in. Like, I need the perfect. Who's the perfect person that will have the perfect? <laughs> what would be the most perfect brunch to have? Oh, who would it be? Do you know who it would be? It would be like my great 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 grandma, like, or oh, so someone in like. And I think uh, we're. I'm. My family has done lots of like research, and we know our family tree going back like hundreds of years. I would love, it would be like a yeah, great, great grandma who I, I know where, where she lived. I just would love to chat to her, like, yeah, know, find out more about her and about a life then and hearing about it. But yeah, that would be amazing. That was a great answer. See, and I like how you were like, my brain is going to go crazy, but that was excellent. And I love that. I think there's so much power into kind of seeing like as to the past generations and how life was lived as well. So I love that there's an element of obviously connection, but also just kind of curiosity, which again, very suitable and on brand. So once again, first of all, thank you so much for one, coming here today and recording with us. Two, providing so much goodness and so much practical goodness, which I know, because I've known you obviously, because uh, you've been a member for a while, we've been involved for a while. You're never shy of, and I think it's really important because I love the top level stuff but it's good to be able to give people something to actually see for themselves. So thank you for that. And overall, thank you for being a member and being awesome. I think I covered all of them. After the thank you, where people can find out more about you, remind us again where people can get in touch. So you can find me either my website or my Instagram, Katri Barrett. So it's C-A-T-R-I-B-A-R-R-E-T-T. Or the Curiosity Club, there's the curiosityclub.co.uk, our website and our membership will be launching under that domain as well very soon. And also the Instagram is at the Curiosity Club 
underscore at the end there. So yeah, do come say hello. And if you've got any questions about procrastination or perfectionism, do just send me a DM. As you can tell, I like to talk about it. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>